Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I'm your host, Sky Guasco. You are listening to the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. Please follow us on Instagram at fantasy football underscore TCK pod and on Twitter at TCK underscore pod. You can find all of our rankings and multiple articles at TCKpod.com. We've got a lot to cover, so let's get into it. What's going on, TCK Potters? Week 17 upon us. Week 16 in the background. Hopefully, all of you are tuning in with your hashtag TCK titles. I'm your host, Sky Guasco, joined by my man, Lucas Kaser, bringing you the week 17 late games. Bobby LaMarco and I bring in the early games. Dweez, of course, holding it down with the Stat Red episode. And Chris Benavides is off this week because we no longer have the TCK pod. Uh, listener league to recap or preview for you as that league wrapped up last weekend. If you are playing your week 17, couple things before we get going here. I want to make sure that you are paying very close attention all week long to our podcast, getting your own news elsewhere in case we miss something or we're behind by the time you hear our recordings. Make sure that you're up to date on who is playing and who is not. Lucas and I will go into a number of players already sitting. Uh, but other situations of teams in general, and this goes for defensive players as well, which I know you don't think of in fantasy very often, but the reality is if a stud cornerback or safety or let's say Aaron Donald, for example, who's not going to sit because the Rams have to win to get in, bad example per, you know, uh, by chance, but if uh, Aaron Donald were to sit because that team um, needs to sit their guys, then obviously that's a huge gap for that defense, which is better for the offense and your fantasy players. So be careful with that. There's a lot of situations where teams need to win to get in, so they're all going to be playing. But there's a, another couple of teams like, let's say, the Saints, uh, the Seahawks, the Packers, um, the Chiefs, who are up at the top of the pack. We'll have to talk about whether they're going to play their guys or sit them, uh, as we do have some history with some of those guys doing that. So episode 337 of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. Again, if you're tuning in, you have Week 17 Championships, so we're going to get you those hashtag, hashtag TCK titles. But if you're just tuning in because we're in your dock and you're hearing us and you've already won your hashtag TCK titles, congratulations. We had a lot of people reach out in the DMs, giving us some big love for the help this um, season. And, uh, you know, the, the feeling is mutual. We learn a lot from you guys, too. So we appreciate it. And thank you very much for the accolades. And a big part of that, of course, is my man, Lucas Kaser. Lucas, how you doing, brother? How did your finals end up, man? I know you had a, a lot going on this last weekend. Yeah, I didn't do as good as you did. Um very I mean I guess like I mean this probably could take a whole nother episode to kind of I mean uh I don't know I, I went I went three for six or two for six or something one a couple of them were like two of them were best ball ones so like that one more relied on my draft strategy and I think we had like fifty dollars in fab so it really was like do you know your stuff within who to pick up and your draft strategy um but I guess the, the main thing was didn't do as good as you did um, but in terms of what that proved, it just proved that fantasy is there's a lot of volatility, a lot of variance within it. And that kind of goes to show what we preach all year is that stick to the process with it. Um, and really anything can happen. And the part that sucked the most, which obviously everyone knows I came in knowing that a lot of it is luck, is that the two teams where I didn't lose a single game all year, they're dynasty leagues. And I, my teams were rolling. I played Kamara in both of them. Um, and I had Brady coming back at him with Godwin and AB stacks, and I still couldn't get it done. So just kind of a very up and down uh, weekend, but we still, we, we still profited. Uh, me and you took down the main dynasty league, the, the biggest league that I have for money-wise. So that was proud to do that. Um, Huge league, too. That's That league specifically, shouts out to our regime dynasty league. Uh, you know, that whole league is incredible. They're a bunch. Basically, it's an entire league of Instagram pages like us. Some of them have podcasts, some of them don't. Uh, but everybody is a, you know, high profile fantasy football account 
on Instagram at least. Uh, so all those guys are, are essentially us. Uh, they take it very seriously. It was a very competitive league. We did have a great draft. That was the draft that took us two weeks. We are going to break that down in the next couple of weeks when we recap some of these teams. Um, but that was a huge, huge win, man. And that was a super fun league. So shouts out to our boy mechanic, fantasy mechanic, um, who we were able to take down. But again, um, great efforts to them. Uh, you know, our boy run the clock and uh, fantasy limelight as well for kind of triple commissioning in that league. Uh, that was huge. So big win on that one, but um, that was a, a smash league. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. So that was the one, I guess that, that was the one that we, we set out to win and it came, uh, came to fruition with really not a lot of like fluctuation or concern. Like I know we'll probably do a kind of like a philosophy recap sort of breakdown how we took it. We really only had to make two trades that kind of, um, swung the the decision on the which no point of going into detail now but we made the trades we stuck to our, our guns there and ended up working um so we'll try and take it down next year or uh, attempt to take it down next year we'll yep. see kind of how the uh, julio and adams and henry and all those guys kind of play out over the offseason but i'm excited for next year to see if we can take it down and a big part of that of course is that we in the dynasty league we drafted with a win now strategy um, so some teams kind of forfeited this year on purpose and went really young and we went for the win this year, which we got, which is great. But now we have some older players, as you mentioned, Julio Jones and things like that, Tom Brady, for example, um, that we need to obviously, uh, make sure we're ready to go for next year. So we will be breaking down some of our leagues. Of course, the regime league for sure, our TCK leagues as well. We'll be breaking those down with Chris in the coming weeks. We do have off-season schedule formatting. We have a lot going on. Um, we're going to be kind of cooling down a little bit after week 17 here uh, throughout the NFL playoffs. We will bring you a couple episodes a week, but uh, myself, Lucas, Dwayne, uh, aka Dewey's Nuts, and Bobby uh, will be kind of formatting behind the scenes and, and getting, getting ready to go for uh, the off-season here. So stick with us. We are you know, pretty much year round. Um, but we will have uh, different content, a lot of recap content. And then we'll, of course, get into dynasty, free agency, coaching moves, trades, the NFL draft, then the whole summer, of course. So really excited, man. Let's wrap it up here. Our final game preview section of the season. We're going to get into the late games here. Lucas, again, we have a lot of scenarios here where guys could sit, and, and look, I'm not saying they might sit a whole game, but they could sit just a quarter. Uh, they could they could maybe not play the first half, maybe not play the second half, depending on how the teams are winning and losing. Right. So we need to be careful with this. It is week 17. We always encourage you not to do week 17, although next year might be interesting because I think the NFL is going to move to a week 17, uh, which will obviously clue you in on the fantasy side but um it's going to be interesting here but for this year you're going week 17 this is always why we tell you not to do it because a lot of these guys are kind of on the bubble and they want to stay fresh for the nfl playoffs uh not necessarily the fantasy playoffs of course okay man let's jump right into it here let's start with the seattle seahawks and the san francisco 49ers so seattle comes in they have a chance to get the one seed they need a lot of help and, you know, we're not going to go over every playoff scenario because there's just so many situations. But basically, if somehow the Packers and the Saints lose and the Seahawks win, they could end up getting the first uh, the, the first round by. Remember, there's seven teams in the playoffs this year in the NFL. So usually there were six or, uh, and the top two teams got the bye. Now there's seven. So one team gets the gets that bye week. So ever important. And of course, home field advantage throughout the playoffs, at least in that conference. So. Seahawks come in at 11 and four. My Niners come in at six and nine, looking to play the spoiler. This game is in Arizona. Again, not Santa Clara because the COVID situation, they're in Arizona here. So it is a home game for the Niners technically, but both of these teams on the road in Arizona for fantasy purposes. Look, Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf and Russell Wilson have been terribly frustrating. Chris Carson even as well for fantasy purposes, but if you're in your championship, you, you can't sit those guys one more week. Um, I am good to play all of them. If you can fade Tyler Lockett, that's the one that I would fade. On the other side, with the 49ers, C.J. Beathard is going to get another chance. I mean, Brandon Ayuk is automatic at this point. Jeff Wilson, automatic at this point. Um, the NFC Player of the Week last week. Um, so, you know, I, I 
you know, George Kittle looked fantastic as well. So I don't have many question marks with the normal guys in this game. You start your Seahawks, you start Kittle, you start Wilson, you start um, Ayuk. This one seems pretty cut and dry, Lucas, but how do you feel about the Seahawks and the 49ers? Yeah, I mean, I think, um, to be honest, I think this game will have more implement, uh, takeaways like for next year, you could say. Um, and obviously, we'll uh, – um, recap all this stuff and give our feedback for going into next year uh obviously with all these players but yeah we just got to see how Lockett's used I mean you can't play him don't play him in DFS or literally any contest you're in if you're drafting for a whole like I know they do the whole um uh playoff eliminator fantasy thing if you do that I guess maybe if you can get him pretty late because Seattle could make a run he might be worth it but it's just he's not being used anymore the offense I don't know if it's a product of they can't get the ball to them, so the offense looks bad, or they're just trying to run the ball, so this is not working. But I mean, you're playing, I would say, I don't even want to say Chris Carson, but you kind of have to at the point of where you, uh, he is in your roster RB2, um, and Russ and DK. And then yeah, on the flip side, I mean, you could probably start Mullins, to be honest. Like, I know that you're banking on a lot of touchdowns for him to have fantasy value. Um, which for most quarterbacks, you kind of do anyways. But the way this offense runs, like they're going to produce touchdowns no matter who's playing receiver, running back, uh, use check playing fullback. It really doesn't matter. So I would say he's maybe more of a DFS type play. But Wilson, Ayuk, um, play Kittle, even with the limited snaps, he's still got, I think, like 11 points or 10 points or something in full point PPR. So definitely still back into um, – coming back into the role that he left with. So he'll definitely be fine um, for the playoff thing if people do that. So we, we might have to do a, a little snake draft or something on Excel now that we think about it. Absolutely. And with George Kittle, man, just five catches, but over 90 yards. I mean, the dude's a monster. He, he looks totally healthy coming back from a, basically a fractured foot. Um, people were asking why would he even come back at this point of the season Again, the reality is they're competitors. You know what I mean? Like the Niners are obviously not what they were last year, but they're not, you know, close to playoffs at this point, but they can play the spoiler against rivals. And really that's just as good as, you know, kind of the the, the second best option there for some NFL teams. So Niners are here to win it. And uh, of course we'll get into our pickums at the end of the episode, but um, big one here between the uh, Seahawks and Niners in the NFC West. The other NFC West matchup, and again, because it's week 17, every one of these games is a conference matchup. The NFL schedulers do that on purpose because there's playoff implications every single year. So all of these matchups are divisional matchups and rivalries. That definitely matters when these teams go together for the second time on the season. So let's get into the other NFC West matchup here between the Cardinals and the Rams. This game is basically win and get in. You lose and you could potentially be out of the playoffs. Both these teams can still make the playoffs. Again, there's a lot of different scenarios here in order to get it. We're not going to go through every one of those, but basically both the Cardinals and the Rams need to win to get in here. The Cardinals come in at eight and seven Rams at nine and six. Lucas, the biggest issue right off the bat here is the quarterback situation. Kyler Murray, questionable at best we've heard that he's out we've heard that he could be playing this week Jared Goff had surgery on Monday to repair basically a broken thumb he needs further surgery after the season but he could potentially play this week and even if he doesn't and they win anyway he could be ready for the playoffs so the quarterback issue is number one here with both of these guys on the other side here you have Drake you have uh, Edmonds I'm not going to play I don't trust the health and I just I'm not going to, I'm not excited to play anybody against the Rams, frankly, but I'm going to go with Drake. If I had to new Hopkins, you got to start no matter what, but Jalen Ramsey has done very well against DeAndre Hopkins in their career. Remember when Jalen uh, Ramsey was with the Jaguars and new Hopkins was with the Texans for years, they have a lot of battles twice a year anyway. So these guys are, you know, very, very, very familiar with each other. Um, and we saw Jalen Ramsey, of course, shut down DK last week. So Nuke, you got to play, but I'm not excited about that. On the other side with the Rams, Cooper Cup is on the COVID IR as of right now. He does have a chance to test negative and get back in for Sunday, but right now it's not looking good. If he's out, Darrell Henderson is on IR as well. Look, You're looking at Robert Woods and uh, Malcolm Brown with Cam Akers out as well. So Tyler Higby is questionable. Maybe your boy Gerald Everett gets a chance. Ton of question marks on two teams that should be surefire play everybody here. Rams DST is looking extra juicy this week. 
Yeah, and I think where you have to make your decisions would rely on the news for the Packers. Um, so both these games are at the same time. Uh, I guess luckily, actually no, not luckily, because they were supposed to be, Green Bay was supposed to play at noon. The NFL moved it on purpose because of the Packers. Um, the Packers have to play their guys due to the weird strength of schedule ruling that they had this year. Um, so where this affects the Rams is with this whole Goff or maybe even Kyler, or maybe Cup, is that if the Chicago Bears lose to the Packers, which I would say most people are going to expect that the way the Packers are playing. The Bears are playing good, but the way the Packers are playing, I just don't think there's much of a chance. The Rams are in no matter what happens in this game. So just keep an eye on that because um, I, I, they're not going to play Cup, at least from what I think from McVay, they're not going to play these guys banged up if they're not fully healthy. And I know that's like hard to comprehend because like, oh, you have to win this game to get in. But I know McVay is a smart enough guy to see that Green Bay should be able to beat Chicago, that Josh Reynolds, Von Jefferson, the two tight end sets they have should be able to move the ball and compete with Arizona. Like they, they can literally move their offense into the way the Niners run their offense. And they just beat the Cardinals last year, last, uh, um, they beat the Cardinals last week. Um, obviously, and they have a better defense than the Niners at this point, I think. So I think there's some hesitation with maybe relying on these Rams players from a DFS fantasy perspective, but just keep an eye out with the Packers news because I think that'll be the ultimate um, determined, determining factor for McVay and benching or uh, playing these players. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting. And again, with Cam Akers and Darrell Henderson out, Malcolm Brown basically is the lone back there. So, you know, I expect guys like Robert Woods, even uh, Josh Reynolds, um, to get more rushing opportunities just to mix it up a little bit. But of course, we know that that Rams defense, both in the secondary and on the D line, is very, very good. Okay, let's move in from the NFC West to the AFC West. We'll start here with your Broncos hosting the Raiders. Raiders come in at seven and eight. Had a chance to make the uh, make a playoff run about three weeks ago, and they have just torpedoed since then. The Broncos looking to play spoiler for sure. And again, these are all divisional matchups. So whether they have playoff implications or not, each team is trying to win because the Raiders are trying to get a super outside playoff opportunity. The Broncos, frankly, are just trying to ruin their season and end on a high note here. Broncos coming at five and ten for the Raiders. They got Derek Carr back under center. He actually had a pretty good game, uh, but they lose last second um, to Herbs last week. Uh, you know, you fire up Josh Jacobs. I think you can trust uh, Nelson Aguilar this week. I Nobody trusted him coming into the season because of his situation in Philadelphia the last few years, but he has played very, very well. Darren Waller, obviously automatic there. Um, I'm not really into the auxiliary guys, the Henry Ruggs and the Renfros. I mean, if you have to, then sure, because Denver's secondary doesn't exist. Uh, but I'm not super keen on them because all the targets go to Aguilar and uh, Waller. On the Broncos side, I mean, Melvin Gordon, meh, but you can fire him up if you need to against the Raiders. I don't trust Drew Locke in single quarterbacks. And then Jerry Judy had, I think, 15 targets last week. Um, didn't catch about half of them, uh, but at least they're trying there. Noah Fant, I think, is uh, automatic at the tight end position as well. So how do you feel about your Broncos this week? Maybe a quick NFL, you know, dive. Do you think your Broncos have a chance to end on a high note here, Lucas, and, and get the dub? And then fantasy-wise, um, are you – I mean, other than Waller and uh, probably Jacobs, I'm, I'm not really thrilled about any of these guys here in this matchup for fantasy. I mean, I think you could probably play uh, the, the four-headed Carr, Jacobs, Waller, Aguilar. I think just kind of – I guess the way I see this game is it's going to be competitive because um, I don't think Gruden's going to purposely lose a game. And I think Denver's just – I mean, they're – they clearly, for the last three years, trust me, are not openly tanking. They always seem to get, like, six wins just to ruin their chance of having, like, a top six pick. Um, so it's definitely – I'm not saying they're going to win this game 100%, but I'm, they're not going to try and lose – so I think you could probably play uh, Carr, Jacobs, Waller, Aguilar. Um, on the flip side, you can't play Locke. Um, hopefully it's Winston we're talking about next year. You play Gordon, um, play Fan. Yeah, Judy had a lot of targets. I think it was 15 or something. Uh, but there was a tweet or someone tweeted it or something uh, that the, the four receivers with the least amount of percentage catchable targets this year were Deontay Johnson, DJ Chark, Jerry Judy. Um, and I think it was it was someone random just because he only had like, I think like 20 targets and they were just all deep bombs. 
So basically what it's saying is next year we're going to be all in on Judy and Sutton and these guys, uh, hopefully pending there's a Jameis Winston quarterback change type or a Stafford or uh, I don't know, some other quarterback. Mm. But yeah, the year two of Judy, we'll definitely be buying him. He'll probably be one of the best, um, one of my favorite dynasty buys, et cetera, et cetera. Just do because, I mean, the circumstances of this year, plus downcatchable targets, plus he was literally asked to step into a team and be the alpha receiver when he was going to be like the third best or like he just kind of had to hop into this like offensive role that he wasn't ready for, um, which I think we clearly seen on the field. So we'll wait for next year for the Jerry Judy kind of breakout um, spot, but hopefully the Broncos can uh, end on a good note here because um, last week was less than desired. And of course, Jerry Judy coming in as a rookie with no training camp, that's always, I mean, it's difficult to come in as a rookie anyway, uh, but to come in with no training camp is extra. And then, as you mentioned, being basically the number three on paper coming in, but then having to be the number one with Cortland Sutton going down right before the season there. So I'm excited to get Cortland Sutton back, man. I drafted him in a number of leagues, literally like days before he got injured and was out for the season. Um so I was pretty fired up on him preseason. Hopefully he can return fully healthy and get back. Uh, but they got two two alpha ones, I think. They just need a quarterback that can be consistent. And uh, unfortunately, I'm not sure that Drew Locke's that guy. Okay, let's get into the Chargers and the Chiefs. We'll stick in the AFC West here on this one. Chargers come in at six and nine, trying to have a chance somehow of beating the Chiefs at 14 and one. Now, usually this is an automatic. It's the Chiefs. They're at home and it's the Chiefs. Lucas, this is the game here for fantasy purposes. This is the game we need to watch out for. There is definitely a chance that Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, uh, Tyreek Hill, either Le'Veon Bell or um, Daryl Williams could potentially sit in this game. Key defensive players could sit as well because, again, the Chiefs have the number one seed. They're obviously looking to get to the Super Bowl. They have four more, you know, three more games left to play they are not going to risk it in a basically a doesn't matter game against the chargers right now. So a couple things, do you think those guys will sit or will they play maybe a quarter or two just to hopefully build a lead so they can so get the win, but then fade off into the sunset there. And also, are you comfortable playing these guys knowing that they could potentially uh, sit at any time so you're you're getting maybe a quarter of Tyreek Hill maybe a quarter of Patrick Mahomes maybe a quarter of Travis Kelsey would you be comfortable that that's enough against the Chargers for the Chargers they're firing all cylinders again they know it's the Chiefs but if they're going to sit they might have a chance to actually pull up an upset and that would just be good for team morale here moving into a new season so you fire up Herbert anyway Austin Eckler obviously Keenan Allen if he plays Mike Williams you're good there Hunter Henry if he plays they've been beat up but I feel good about all the Chargers I'm nervous about the Chiefs. I mean, they're the Chiefs, but if they only give you one quarter or two, you're going to have to get full full participation, which we know the Chiefs can give you. The question is, will they? Yeah, I think there was a report on, I believe, Monday that the Chiefs will probably, like it was literally said, like, will probably start their main guys. Um, I don't know how valid it was or whatever, but they, they definitely will. Uh, they did. We see this spot a lot. I think last year they did the same thing maybe, or maybe I'm thinking of something wrong, I guess, but I think they will. Um, that being said, like uh, Chad Henney and Andy Reid, like still could probably beat the Chargers if they wanted to. Um, so I'm probably staying away from most Chiefs guys because they'll start, they'll sit Watkins, they'll sit Tyreek, Kelsey. Uh, Bell will sit, especially with the CEH injury. There's no point of getting another veteran back hurt. So maybe you fire up, fire up Darrell Williams, uh, like McCole Hardman, maybe Demarcus Robinson. But uh, as of Tuesday, I can't give that advice, I guess, unless like we know they're going to have a featured role. Um, so I'll just keep an eye on that. And then on the Chargers side, uh, yeah, this is a perfect opportunity for Herbert to solidify the rookie of the year, I think. I mean, if I'm given the award, and I'm sorry, Scott, I'm giving it to Justin Jefferson. Um, I, I don't know if I can give it to Herbert, even though, I don't know, he'll win it because he broke the touchdown record held by the, the glorious Baker Mayfield. Um, but yeah, no, I think it's a good spot just to, to play the Chargers you have been. I doubt Keenan Allen plays. He might, I guess, if he really wants to, but I think he'll probably just sit, um, get healthy for another season of like fifth round ADP where everyone's like realizing like, Oh my gosh, I didn't draft him and then still put him in the fifth round of ADP. Um, so we'll definitely be drafting Keenan Allen a lot next year. 
Of course, I am a super Justin Herbert fan, but I understand the conversation for Justin Jefferson, who has been absolutely phenomenal this season. So I hear you there. Uh, Lucas, I think maybe the most important question of this matchup while we're talking about the Chargers and Justin Herbert is because he broke Baker Mayfield's record, do like over under more commercials for Justin Herbert than Baker Mayfield next season? Ooh, I don't know. I mean, like, I don't know. Baker's up to like what six, probably. Yeah, too many. Too many. He almost, yeah, way too many commercials for Baker Mayfield. I, I think their point differential is almost lined up with the Bengals, though. I think they're only like 25 ahead or something. So we'll see uh, come after this week. Shouts out to my Browns. All right, let's move on here. We are going to get into the Chicago Bears hosting the Green Bay Packers. So here's another one where the Packers more or less, I mean, they don't have the number one seed wrapped up. They don't. They're currently in the number one seed. They do not have it wrapped up. If they lose and Seattle wins, as we mentioned earlier, and we get the Saints in there as well with the win, it could get messy. So the Packers have to play their guys long enough to beat up on the Bears. Now, Mitch Trubisky's been playing well. David Montgomery's obviously been playing well. Allen Robinson is phenomenal right now. Jimmy Graham caught two touchdowns last week. If the Bears defense can play any defense at home, which they haven't against Rodgers pretty much in his entire career, uh, with the exception of a couple of games, um, this might actually be a ball game here. Uh, Rodgers and Devontae Adams, obviously, on another plane, uh, won most people their fantasy championships, including me. I drafted Tay everywhere I could. If you listened early in the podcast, you knew that I had him as my wide receiver one. I rode that. I kept the faith. I drafted him over Michael Thomas. I drafted him over Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, I over uh, Derek Henry's uh, anywhere I could in the first round. And uh, obviously that worked out. Um, I just don't know that the bears have enough firepower, but again, for fantasy purposes, I think the Packers play all their players for the game. So Rogers, Jones, Adams, automatic Tunyon at the tight end, you play him as well. On the other side for the bears, you got, I mean, Trubisky's cool with me against that defense and a must win for the bears. Again, you mentioned earlier if the bears lose the Rams are in, if the bears win, they could still make the playoffs. So I think Trubisky has been playing well lately. It's home. It's going to be a cold kind of a ugly game. So if Trubisky doesn't beat himself, it could be okay. So I'm okay with him and in, in super flex or stream. If you have to uh, Robinson and Montgomery automatic, and then really Cole Komet's been the name to talk about, but Jimmy Graham has been the one with the production. So I would lean Jimmy Graham. Uh, at the tight end if you had to stream there. Yeah, I think the Packers, I mean, you're playing your guys, unless obviously we get news that they are um, sitting for whatever reason, they probably won't. So just stick with your guys. And yeah, I mean, the Bears, like, this is what I was kind of hyping up, like, the whole year, that Trubisky is the starter, kind of, like, he, he should be, if they get their tight ends going, like, we see they actually have an offense. Um, and we, we finally saw that because Montgomery is running good. Their O-line for as bad as they are playing good. Like it's kind of all coming full circle for them, which is good to see. Um, I just I just don't – the way the Packers looked last week, I just don't see how they win. Like if maybe Tennessee kept up or like maybe kind of shut them out a little bit, like maybe I would have had different views. But, I mean, like Devontae Adams had like, what, 40 fantasy points in literally a blizzard. So, like there's no way that the Chicago guys can cover them in an – non-blizzard i mean big snowstorm just hit the midwest i don't know if it'll be around sunday and chicago's in the midwest so we'll kind of see from there but it won't be as bad as lambo was last week i agree is there any concern with you uh regarding aaron jones with the final uh, you know finally seeing the emergence of aj Dillon, or do you think that was a snow game a, a quote-unquote Derrick Henry game, and we were saying preseason that A.J. Dillon is the Derrick Henry comp that was a better run. And look, Aaron Jones got enough work, but he did leave the game. He had a toe injury coming in. He left the game with a back injury. He's a little bit beat up. And again, they need to preserve, even if they don't sit guys, they need to preserve for, the, for a deeper run in the playoffs. Are you comfortable playing Aaron Jones knowing that he could either be phased out of the game because they frankly don't need him, or he can get, you know, potentially re-injured, or are you looking to maybe pick up like an A.J. Dillon or something and spot start him? Now, the Bears defense, obviously very good against the run, but again, the Packers seem pretty much unfazed, and because the passing game is so good, it opens up those holes up the middle. I mean, I think it was a little more circumstantial to like Jamal Williams is out, and the weather kind of lined up good for it. They were killing them, so there was no need to even work in Jones. Like, 
I don't know. Like, I mean, people are like, I mean, your usual Twitter narratives, like he's taking over only week 16 breakout. Like we all said, like all these people that had him as like their RB two or something in their rankings feel like they're right now. Um, no, like, I mean, sure. He proved me wrong. Like they could run him 20 more times this week if they get up by a lot, maybe, but if it's a close game, I don't know. I just, they didn't use Aaron Jones all year. And then he's like, oh yeah, it's week 16. Now I'm going to use AJ Dillon. Like, so I think it was just more circumstantial, but like personally, I think before he's smart enough, he's going to use both now because he finally had this game of AJ Dillon and mm-hmm. people are going to overreact and blah, blah, blah. But like, if it's not like Aaron Jones is playing 70% snaps anyway. So like there's room for a split, even with Aaron Jones fantasy value right now. So I think it's, it's only, it's more of a football decision for the Packers, I think going forward. Yep. Aaron Jones, still a top running back in fantasy football, averaging between 12 and 15 carries touches per game. So not elite work share like a Henry uh, or, you know, a cook. Um, He's, you know, and and people have made light comparisons to Alvin Kamara. Like he's not Alvin Kamara, but he has game breaking ability. He's a good pass catcher and he plays for a workhorse running back. He plays limited work, honestly. So he can do a lot with a little. We've seen that over the years. Um, so he could just get 10 snaps just to keep him fresh and, and mix it up. But I do expect uh, A.J. Dillon to get a lot more work in this game as well. Packers 12-3 and three looking to lock up the number one seed in home field advantage in Lambeau the rest of the playoffs. Obviously, that's uh, one of the biggest home field advantages in professional sports, let alone the NFL. Chicago, of course, trying to play the spoiler and back in on their own at eight and seven. All right, let's move on to the saints who are the team basically trying to, you know, somehow upend the Packers saints coming in 11 and four uh, with drew Brees back. He actually goes for over 300 yards last week, but it was all Alvin Kamara. As we know, NFL best six rushing touchdowns. The last time that happened was 1929 by the Chicago Cardinals. So shouts out to my boy, Alvin Kamara. And if you were watching the game, it was frustrating because I was actually going against him in my home league, which I ended up overtaking him and, 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 and winning the Alvin Kamara uh, hex all weekend long. I was staring at my like 21% chance to win uh, the matchup. And then Tay Adams shows up and it was ball game, but Alvin Kamara should have had eight touchdowns. Everybody notices the Taysom Hill touchdown when he came in on the one yard line and literally like, uh, who was it? Joe Buck and, and um, Troy Aikman were, were, I think, that game I can't remember. Anyway, the commentators were basically like, Alvin Kamara's on the sideline. They're on the one-yard line. He's going for history, literally, like seven touchdowns. Uh, or I think that would have been a six. Either way, Taysom Hill, of course, gets his garbage tight end, the uh, touchdown that doesn't help anybody in fantasy. Well, there was another play earlier in a uh, 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 dropped pass that Alvin Kamara never drops. Um, but there was another touchdown basically that he dropped. So essentially it could have been eight total touchdowns for Alvin Kamara, which is just absolutely phenomenal. Um, I, you know, Tay and Alvin are my favorite, uh, players in the league. So it was cool to see them go head to head, but the saints are looking good. Michael Thomas is still out. Drew Brees, you fire up against the Panthers, Alvin Kamara, obviously Latavius Murray's even maybe an RB two flex spot start against this bad rushing offense. If you need it. Cause I think the, the, Saints are just going to play smart, just get in there, get the win and get out They're, You know, they're not a fancy team anyway. They're going to do what they got to do. Um, and then, you know, I think your buddy Emani Sanders is going to be fine. Jared Cook's a spot start there as well. On the other side for the Panthers, you know, Teddy's just not the answer and he's been playing bad. I guess he's, I worry about Mike Davis. He's got you this far, but I worry about Mike Davis against this run defense. Right. So I would fade him if I could. Um, and, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, uh, you know, Curtis Samuel. It's like you pick your poison. We never know who's going to go off there for the Panthers. So I think it's Saints um, big, but a couple years ago, this same similar situation happened. The Saints came in basically looking at the number one seed. Panthers were terrible, looking to just kind of like win the game and leave. Saints sat a couple of guys, and the Panthers actually got the win on the last week. I remember that. It was a huge Christian McCaffrey game. So could be an upset here, but I think it's Saints easy at 11 and four and the, the Panthers trying to play spoiler at five and 10. Yeah, I don't, Teddy's, I don't know, hard, hard to gauge. I think he needs kind of some team around him maybe, but he kind of does, but like he doesn't at the same time. So it's kind of just a weird spot for him uh, this year. But I think, yeah, you, I think you roll Davis as an RB2 flex just kind of because the RB landscape um, might 
I don't even want to say what receiver to start because like, I feel like you have to start off all three, but obviously that's not a smart like advice, I guess. Cause they're, I don't know. Like it's, it just, they really are like a good trio for NFL and just not a good trio for fantasy. Um, it's the complete opposite of the Bucks receiver situation, I guess is the way to say it, where you can play all three. Like you can start all three Bucks in the same lineup and be fine every single week with the Panthers. Obviously you can't. Um, so I'm just going to say start your Carolina receivers and take it with what you will. If you have more than one, if you have one, just play them. Uh, and Curtis Samuel saw some good RB or I guess rushing work last week. So he should continue to do that this week and they'll probably take that into next year as well. And then, yeah, I mean, might as well start Taysom Hill um, as your running back, your quarterback, which had, no, I'm just kidding. Don't start Taysom Hill. Sean Payton's a fraud for not letting Kamara break the record. Like, come on. Like, so lame. So lame. And that, that type of record. It's one thing to get like 200 rushing yards or, yeah. I don't know, like 15 catches in a game, some of like that. But, dude, six, I mean, how often do you score six touchdowns as a team ever? Right. And yeah. to get it with one player. And yeah, that, I was like upset like, about it. <laughs> they, they called timeout. They yep. looked over at the sideline where Kamara was standing right next to Sean Payton, like waiting for him to come in. The announcers were on the camera was on Kamara. They were talking about it. And then they let their quarterback who sucks play running back and run the ball into the end zone and whatever. I mean, like I know Kamara, like, it, it doesn't matter. It's just a stat line, right? Like obviously it's well, and Kam- Kamara took the high road and he's like, yo, you know, we all get ours. Like we share the wealth, but yo, I mean, if you can be in the record books, you'd be in the record books. That's yeah, silly. Exactly. exactly. So whatever play, play breeze. Like I had breeze in one game to like win my buy-in back. And I didn't really watch the game uh, at first. And my dad I asked my dad what the score was and it was high scoring a half. I'm like, Ooh, breeze is going to, be good for me have like 18 points no he had like two at halftime finished with like nine or 12 or something yeah. so it just shows how but over 300 yards i mean it was yeah. all it was all passing but he didn't have any touchdowns this shows this there again luck variance volatility like this shows it all right there um so no play play breeze play kamara uh jared cook's been good without michael thomas you could probably yeah. throw in sanders um i wouldn't take last week it's just hard to take any gauge of what's going to happen going forward and frankly it's a must-win game for them and the the Panthers uh, missed a 55-yard I think 55-yarder to win the game against them a couple weeks ago or it might have been a long time ago I know it was this year obviously Um, so I don't know if they're going to try and come out and stomp them to kind of get a lot more or continue the momentum into the playoffs so I'm not really worried about the Saints this week. Rank the Panthers receivers. I mean, I'm putting DJ Moore one because he's the best receiver on that team by far. Um, I think he'll finish higher in fantasy don't quote me on that um his I think I don't know I'm gonna go DJ Moore Anderson and Samuel but honestly next year if I'm making a prediction right now it's going to be more Samuel Anderson I think they're seeing the they're finally seeing that like at full capacity the dual threat of Samuel and Robbie like I watch a decent amount of Panthers games because I had a lot of stacks with them, a lot of futures bets on them and stuff in best ball in all my leagues. Um, and, and Robbie's just not, he just can't get open against good corners. And like DJ Moore doesn't, he can, that's all he can do. The problem is they just don't give him enough volume. And then Samuel uh, is in his own role. So I, I think Robbie will get moved down, um, but he's probably the two right now. Samuel's a great utility player. I mean, he's a Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, Robert Woods type guy. Um, you know, he's a free agent, so he may end up leaving the team next year to make a little room. And if he does, I just hope he lands on a team that uses him like this instead of tries to box him into like yeah. a slot receiver only or something, because he's just a guy that needs to have the ball in his hands. And, and as long as he can stay healthy, he plays well. OK, man, let's jump into uh, two more games here. We have the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Indianapolis Colts, and then we have our Sunday night game to wrap up the season. So Jacksonville comes in at one and 14, the Colts at 10 and five for the Jags. I mean, I'm not starting anybody. Uh, Even if, I mean, if James Robinson plays, you play him, but they sat him last week, they're locked into the number one seed. So they could potentially just actually try to win a game. So if they do that, they should play Minshew, but they haven't said that they're going to play Minshew. I don't trust DJ Chark, although we caught a touchdown last week and he's really good, but it's just, it's the Jags. I don't trust anybody on this team, but if James Robinson plays, I'll play him on the Colts side. Again, look, there's a lot of AFC teams that can make the playoffs for these final couple of seeds. The Colts need the most help 
the Ravens, the Dolphins, the Titans, and the Browns basically have a win and get in scenario, essentially. The Colts need to win and then have a bunch of other teams lose. So the Colts are going full-fledged. So I'm good with – and it's against the Jags. So I'm good with everybody. I'm good with the Rivers as a streamer if you need it. Obviously, uh, Jonathan Taylor at this point. I'm good with Hines. Um, I'm good with uh, Zach Paschal as a streamer. I'm good with T.Y. Hilton. I think he'll be okay as well. Tight end, I'm going to fade on this team. We were all excited about it early in the season, but it was Jack Doyle. You know, it's been um, Trey Burton, uh, Moali Cox. Like, I just – I'm not going to trust those guys, but I will trust the receivers. Michael Pittman getting the work. I can't wait for him with a real – I mean, Phillip Rivers obviously is a borderline Hall of Famer. I'm not saying he's bad. He's just not – what Michael Pittman needs at this point of his career. Um, so T.Y. Hilton's fine. Zach Pascal caught two touchdowns last week. Pittman's a deep streamer if you need it, maybe more of a DFS play uh, against the Jags. Um, but JT automatic, J- James Robinson is good if he plays. And uh, I feel actually okay about Phillip Rivers. Yeah, I mean, the Colts, yeah, like you said, they need the most help. Now with the, the Steelers playing Rudolph, they even need even more help. And possibly um, the Bills not playing their guys. They need even more help. So they kind of uh, – losing last week definitely killed them. So they're going to have to come out firing. So any fantasy asset on this team, I would probably go ahead and play. Pittman being like I think the cutoff, you could say, of how low do you actually want to go before you don't – you make a bad decision and play a cold, just a cold just could be said so. Um, but yeah, they're definitely going to be fine uh, going. They're going to have to run all over this defense, frankly. Um, and, yeah, James Robinson is the only one, maybe Chark, just to throw him out there. And, again, I think Chark with Lawrence next year, I mean, everyone's going to be saying this. Go buy him. He's going to be great, blah, blah, blah. So maybe he'll be a fade, honestly, if he gets into, like, the fourth round ADP or something or fifth round next year. Um, but he kind of had a bad year. with. He was in the top three with the most uh, uncatchable targets. Um, so kind of kind of sucks. I had a lot of him, uh, but he definitely should have a bounce back year next year. Quick question on Chark, and then I want to share something. Um we know that Chris Benavides, uh, the commission FFP, loves DJ Chark. He actually had him, I think it was wide receiver 13 preseason uh, when Chris and I uh, broke down our wide receivers together. I think it was 13 or 15. I can't remember. Nonetheless, he was significant. Chris was significantly higher on DJ Chark specifically than ECR. Now, obviously, that blew up, and there's a number of factors. It's not necessarily Chark's fault by any means, but he was injured, COVID situations, multiple quarterbacks, run game, they're horrible, whatever. Lucas, we'll break down teams. I don't want to get into DJ Sharks. I think he's a very interesting situation, especially for dynasty conversations. But just like straight up, do you think DJ Chark is good enough personally to have? And I know everybody is banking on Trevor Lawrence being, you know, Andrew Luck plus. I get all that. But do you think DJ Chark personally is good enough to actually be that guy? Or do you think he's part of this problem too? Because I feel like in the last couple of years, there's been a ton of upside and there's always been the like, well, the quarterback's bad. That's why he's not as good as he should be. Fine. That's been fair because the Jags quarterback situation has been horrendous for a couple of seasons. But I just have this gut feeling for some reason that like, it's not as good as everybody wants it to be. And I'm not sure yet why I'm going to dive into it over the off season but for some reason watching DJ Shark play, and maybe it's just because he's not getting dimes thrown to him every time, but something feels off with DJ Shark, and I hesitate to commit yet. How do you feel about DJ Shark on the surface individually? I mean, I think to like some extent that like he's just not as good as people want him to be. And I like, I mean, people are probably gonna be mad, but it's the same with Terry McLaurin. Like there, there's a difference between like, okay, there's a difference between bad quarterback play and then banking on lots of targets, bad QB play, rising in ADP. Like, there's just so much that goes into, like, why he just wasn't a good pick to some extent. Like, Terry McClellan was, like, being drafted higher than, like, DK and, like, DJ Moore sometimes and, like, A-Rob and Keenan Allen because, oh, he's in year two, going to see a lot of targets. And this is kind of when we recap zero RB, part of the problem is you – you don't want to take you want to take these receivers. Part part of the safety is you take these receivers who have very secluded target shares on their team with very good safe quarterbacks like Thielen, Jefferson, Keenan Allen, Allen Robinson. Like not good as in like like fantasy good, but like good as in the the targets are catchable. And we'll go into all those numbers because we have access to all of them and show like 
how you can learn from that. And a lot of it this year, I think, will be no DJ Chark, no Terry McLaurin, like guys like that, maybe no Broncos, like next year if Locke's the quarterback due to all these things. So I think to some extent, yes. Um, but like, it's not like, Chark, like, I think the thing is like Trevor Lawrence isn't going to come in and Chark's going to be like a wide receiver one. Like it's still the freaking Jaguars, right? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like this Deshaun Watson is still behind the worst O-line and the worst defense. And it clearly shows like this year, not for his fantasy value, but like Fuller was okay. Cooks was a wide receiver three. So like, we'll do more digging into it um, to kind of break down like where you should be targeting for next year, who you should be targeting uh, based on like all these factors that people kind of uh, throw aside, I think. I think the biggest part of it for me is that I'm not sure he's a true alpha one. He's clearly the alpha on his team. Yeah. But if he had another DJ Chark on the other side of the field, I'm not sure. Well, obviously, if Terry McLaurin and DJ Chark were on the same team, I would I would personally have Terry McLaurin as the number one, is what I'm saying. So yeah. I, I think of like Joe Burrow coming in last year, right? Gets onto a horrendous team. Obviously, the number one pick, the worst team in the league. The Bengals, very young, injury-ridden, the whole thing, right? But if A.J. Green could catch a pass, he was absolutely peppered. A.J. Green would have been a top wide receiver in the first half of the season if he could catch a pass. Joe Burrow was, was peppering him nonstop. He was terrible, so he was like, okay, well, let's try, like, the rookie T. Higgins, who I hand-selected in the second round. Sure enough, T. Higgins is, like, a top receiver until Joe Burrow goes out. Also, the entire time, Tyler Boyd was a, was a wide receiver, too, pretty much weekly with some big ups as well. So I think it's possible that a quarterback of that magnitude could come in and just flip the script. A, I don't trust the Jags franchise nearly uh, you know, enough to just think that's going to happen automatically. Secondly, there's no other weapon at all on the Jacksonville as of right now. With Cincinnati, you at least have to spread out, game plan for everybody. Joe Mixon's running the ball. Like, you got to do things. With, with Jacksonville, if James Robinson isn't the same guy, I mean, they're going to be peppering, you know, pressuring, obviously, Lawrence as a rookie. They're just going to bring bring the house every play. And DJ Chark's the only one other than LaVisca Chenault. But, again, he's another one of these utility guys. So, sorry, it's a tangent I didn't want to go on, but now we're on it. And I just, like, I'm a little bit nervous because I think there's a lot of hype, especially in Dynasty for DJ Chark. And I just am not feeling it for some reason. I feel like I'm the one that's off, but it just hasn't clicked, and I'm not – sure why but again we'll dive into that i want to get back on track here so we can wrap up before we get into the final game i do want to mention we were talking about the colts and that they need the most help to get into the fantasy playoffs i just looked it up they have six scenarios in which they can clinch a playoff berth i'm going to blaze through this very quickly here's what has to happen any of these scenarios have to happen for the colts to make the playoffs they need to win and a baltimore loss they need to win or a cleveland loss they need to win or miami loss they need a tie and Baltimore loses, a tie, Cleveland loses, a tie, and Miami loses. So basically what has to happen is the Colts have to win and multiple teams have to lose for them to get in. So unfortunately for the Colts, it's not looking good, but we shall see come Sunday. All right, final game of the season, final game of the, the podcast, but final game of the season here, the Washington football team and the Philadelphia Eagles. So first of all, first of all, the NFL – takes week 17 is always flexed which means like they have all the teams that are going to play each other they're just not sure what the time slots are right there's no thursday night game there's no monday night game so they have a sunday night game which is like the marquee game obviously every week but definitely to end the season and then they have seven or eight games in the morning seven games in the afternoon split it up right whatever they choose washington football team at philadelphia as the marquee matchup now obviously that's because that it's to quote unquote win the division but we all know that this division's a scam and a six and 10 team is going to make the playoffs and host a game on the NFC where the Colts or any of those other teams I just mentioned are going to not make the playoffs and probably be 10 and six. It's a four game difference and it's absolute crime. I'm upset about it. Anyway, I think it's a sham and it's lame. And I think that having Washington and Philadelphia being the marquee matchup, even with the division on the line, with the circumstances of that division is horrendous. I just, the, the, the Cardinals and the Rams should be in their seat, you know, whatever, just two teams that have playoff situation, Pittsburgh and Cleveland or something, uh, Miami and Buffalo, whatever. There's other options. And anyway, sorry, I'm fired up about it. On the Washington side, um, Dwayne Haskins released right? Not picked up, cleared waivers, which means nobody wants him for free. Uh, he may not play in the NFL ever again. 
I said two seasons ago when he got drafted, everybody was giving Daniel Jones shit or the Giants shit for drafting Daniel Jones. And I was saying, like, eh, we'll see what happens to Daniel Jones. He's a Duke quarterback. Like, I don't expect much from him, but, like, let the kid play. Let's see what happens. Josh Allen, nobody liked him either. He's maybe the best one out of the class outside of Lamar Jackson. Anyway, all of a sudden, I was looking at it. I was like, Dwayne Haskins, like, I knew he threw 50 touchdowns at Ohio State, but not really seeing it. Like, I just, I don't know. I, I get a vibe from him that I'm not really trusting. I said when he got drafted that he was Jameis Winston 2.0. Two years later, here we are. And unfortunately, I'm right on that one. Washington football team comes in with maybe Alex Smith, maybe Tyler Henneke. We'll see what happens. Six and nine for the Washington football team. Four, ten, and one for the Philadelphia Eagles. Eagles are out. But the Giants, the, the Cowboys, and the football team have a chance to win this division here. For Washington, again, I mean, against the Eagles, you got to start Terry. you got to start Antonio Gibson. Um, JD McKissick, I think, is automatic. Uh, or Terry McLaurin's out, I believe. Is that true? Uh, I don't know for sure. I haven't seen anything. Um, can you can you vet that while I get through this? Um, I believe Terry McLaurin is out. If he's out, Logan Thomas is a surefire uh, top tight end. He you start him anyway because he's been absolutely crushing it with tight ends and productivity uh, when targets. But Logan Thomas will be the one on the Philadelphia side, and you start Logan Thomas regardless of Terry McLaurin. But if Terry's out, then you're for sure going Logan Thomas on the Philadelphia side here. Jalen Hurts is going to get the start again. Uh, Carson Wentz is probably out in Philadelphia, but we'll talk about that in the offseason. Miles Sanders, you got to play, although Washington football team, very good and stout against the run. Um, I am not feeling any of these receivers. Deshaun Jackson shows up out of nowhere, catches an 80 yard touchdown and disappears in the game. Fine. I don't trust the tight ends. I don't trust Travis, Travis Fulgham anymore. Greg Ward's been getting some looks, but meh. I'm going to fade all the uh, Philadelphia receivers. I'm going to start Jalen Hurts, but it's a very tough matchup, and I'm going to start Miles Sanders in a very tough matchup. Lucas, is Terry McLaurin in or out? He, there's no like update for this week. They just say iffy. So kind of still need to reevaluate from last week if to, before they make like a questionable or okay. doubtful decision. My, my understanding is he's on the wrong side of playing, and I hope I'm wrong. And again, listeners, Please, like Lucas and I do our very best. Bobby and I do our very best. You know this. We're giving you up-to-date knowledge from like the time we record this. But this comes out on Wednesday. If you happen to listen to this like Friday evening or Saturday morning before games, like that's just how you catch our podcast, like whatever. We could be two, three, four days uh, behind on information. So please, with things like this, like Tara McLaurin, do your own research really quick and make sure it's it's up-to-date. I thought... He was going to be missing the game. Regardless, if he plays, you play him. If he misses, Logan Thomas is automatic, but I'm playing Logan Thomas anyway. Just wanted to mention it. Lucas, how do you feel about the football team and the Philadelphia Eagles? On primetime, Sunday night football, last game of the year, I might not watch it. I mean, even if there was playoff uh, stuff attached. I mean, like, surprisingly, I have, a, I have a future bet on the Giants, the football team, and the Cowboys to all win this division. So, like, I'm getting profit. Okay. So that, You're looking good there. I mean, that's a that's a win-win-win. Yeah, so I'm just, like, not going to watch. I mean, I'll probably be hiking a mountain in Colorado by this time type thing. Like, just – there is – I don't even – they're literally handing Tom Brady a bye in round one of the playoffs. And then they're going to go play an NFC, what, West team that have looked terrible the last four weeks. Like, the path for – for Tom Brady in the Super Bowl home game is, is looking very, very nice, which kind of sucks. Um, kind of sucks because uh, everyone knows my feelings for Tom Brady. But no, this is going to be – I mean, personally, like from where I stand right now, I think the Cowboys win the division because I think the Eagles are going to pull anything they can out to win this game. I don't know who's playing quarterback. No Terry. They're going to stack the box on Gibson and Logan Thomas and – I just feel like the Eagles are going to like come bounce back and win by like 20 plus just cause uh, 2020 football, but all right, sorry, this would be 2021 football. So this could be different. I don't know. There, just, <laughs> there you I, go. I just, this whole division is terrible. The long-term outlooks are brutal. This game is going to be bad. Like Dallas somehow put together an offense, maybe because they finally stopped feeding the ball to Amari Cooper because they realized Michael Gallup is the best receiver on the team. Maybe we hope um, our Michael Gallup dynasty shares hope that too. Um, so yeah, I, I think Philadelphia takes it home. Uh, play play your normal guys you play. Um, I don't think the matchup matters a ton because I think they're going to kind of come out and just 
do anything they can to uh, to take down this game. One thing I do want to mention, we're going to get to Pickham's here in two seconds, but if Fletcher Cox is out in this game, who's the interior defense, he's basically the Eagles version of Aaron Donald, if you're unfamiliar. Uh, if Fletcher Cox is out, he left last week's game. If he's out in this game, they could run the ball all day long on the Eagles. So I don't think they're going to be able to throw the ball much with it, whoever the quarterback is. Alex Smith probably won't play because he's got an issue with his calf. But um, I'm worried about that. But if he's out, Antonio Gibson and, and J.D. McKissick and, and um, uh, Peyton Barber uh, could really have a field day here against Philadelphia. It's going to be ugly, um, but let's get to the pickums and see how we're feeling. So, again, make sure you double check. Make sure you triple check all of your rosters, all of your teammates, all of your players to, that they're actually going to play or that they're sitting out. It could happen. Also, check for reports that, hey, maybe a guy's going to play a half. Maybe a guy's going to play, but unless they, you know, they lose, whatever, keep an eye on that stuff because, again, we're going to be behind by a couple of days by the time this drops. And I don't want you taking our advice as 100% accurate and then not making a decision in the moment because this week, usually I say do that because we're up to date. We feel good about our analysis. I feel good about our analysis, but so many things changed last minute in week 17. So please take that into your own hands. Uh, and of course you can always reach out and hit us up in the DMS. Okay, Lucas, let's dive into it, man. Uh, last week of pickums, we are going to um, turn it over and make a new one for the uh, playoffs that will start next week. Uh, but you have basically had the lead in the pickums all season long. We started week three, not week one and two. We started week three and um, you right now are tied with Dweez, uh, and uh, Bobby and I are behind you there. So, Lucas, let's get into this here. I'll give you two teams. You give me the winner. We'll start up at uh, start here with the uh, maybe the easy one here: Jacksonville, Indianapolis. Indianapolis, they're going to run all over them. Uh, Jonathan Taylor and in, in DFS, all your rosters, all your top running back ranking spots. Boom. New Orleans, Carolina. Uh, I'm gonna go to New Orleans. Um, I think they the same the same goes. I think they're gonna have to come out and just fire fire away to kind of keep rolling in the playoffs. Green Bay at Chicago. I think Green Bay rolls them. Uh, Chicago's been playing good, but I think Green Bay is gonna keep firing everything they have on them. I agree. Now, of course, with New Orleans and Green Bay specifically, we are expecting them to play all their studs because they have to get that win to try to get the number one seed. But again, if they make changes, you make changes. Uh, the Chargers at the Chiefs. Now, the Chiefs may not play all their studs at least the entire game. I'm going Chargers, but, like, I don't even know if they can beat the Chiefs backups on offense, I guess. I'm <laughs> going to take Chargers for the sake of the, uh, the pick them. I'm going to go with the Chargers as well. I just hope my man Herbert can get a, a sweet marquee win, although it could be a little bit fake. And, uh, you know, I know Notorious is going to call bullshit, and that's fine. Uh, if they get this win, I will I will take that. But um, I do think they get an opportunity. Look, if all the boys play for Kansas City, this is a route, and there's no chance. If they play a quarter or sit, I think the Chargers have a chance. Raiders at your Broncos. Going Broncos. Since they, the, uh, if they play the Chiefs, take the Chiefs. Anyone else, take the Broncos. Now, you are not currently residing in Colorado, but you will be in Colorado for this game. So it's a home game for you, home game for the Broncos. I'm going to ride that momentum. I'm also going to go with the Broncos over the Raiders. Uh, Must-win game here for Arizona and the Rams. Uh, this one in Los Angeles. Uh, who do you got, Arizona, L.A.? I kind of want to pick a tie, but I don't Ooh, know. Wow. I'm going to go the Cardinals, and they look terrible. For some reason, Kingsbury is like, nah, we're not going to run our offense. Larry Fitz is getting like seven targets a game now. Hopkins can't catch <laughs> the ball in the end zone. Cost me probably two fantasy championships. Um, I don't know. They're just not running good. So I'm just going to go Cardinals, um, but I don't I don't really know, to be honest. Fair enough. I'm going to go with the Rams uh, because, again, if Kyler's out, I, I think the Rams team over – if we remove both quarterbacks, which we straight up might do, if both teams are playing a backup quarterback, we look at the entire rest of the team – even if, uh, you know, Darrell Henderson's out and even if Cooper Cup doesn't play, I'll take the Rams defense to beat even probably Kyler Murray. So Kyler's out, then I'll definitely take the Rams. And overall, I'm going to take the Rams in general at home, a must win game. They haven't been playing well, but neither of the Cardinals. I'm going to take the Rams in this one. Seattle at San Francisco. 
but in Arizona. Yeah, I'm going to go Seattle um, just because they have a shot at the one seed. I think they kind of get their offense kind of figured out in this matchup. I'm going to try an upset. I, you know, you pick Denver every single week, no matter what, because you're a fan and it's a pick them and why the fuck not. I picked the Niners almost every single week and I didn't last week. And I literally kicked my own ass after they won that game. Cause I was like, yeah. dude, they could win this game, but I'm trying to get pick them wins. And I think maybe Arizona pulls it out, blah, blah, blah. And the Niners go and get a dub. So I don't think they even can win this game, but I'm going to pick them just in case ended on top here. So I'll take the Niners at quote unquote home versus uh, Seattle last game of the season, Washington football team at Philadelphia Eagles. Yikes. Going with the Eagles. I think they're going to pull something crazy and do some weird stuff and win this game somehow. All season long, I've had a caveat of if Julio Jones plays, I take the Falcons. Now, of course, it's blown up on my face almost every week. But if Julio plays, I play the Falcons. I'm going to move that somehow to the Eagles. If Fletcher Cox plays, again, we're talking about a defensive lineman, but he's a big deal. If he plays, I just don't think they can beat him to the pass. This is why I bring this up. If Fletcher Cox plays, I'm actually going to take um, the Eagles. But he's trending out right now therefore i'm going to go washington they're not gonna be able to throw the ball i think they pass it all day long i don't think philadelphia maybe has the defense overall without fletcher cox so i'm going to go with washington just because and as much as i dislike the previous washington franchise and daniel snyder being a slimy piece of shit um i am rooting for ron rivera i think everybody in the nfl does I think the general fan roots for the guy. I'm rooting for Alex Smith. I think the general fan roots for Alex Smith. I hope those guys get in the playoffs. But, man, I just can't stomach Daniel Snyder having success. It, like, burns my soul. So, either way, I think it's a win. If Philly wins, I'm happy. If Washington wins, I'm happy. Whatever. I'll take the uh, Washington football team for now, but with the copy out of Fletcher Cox. All right, man, that wraps up the later games and the final preview of Week 17. Final games here. If you uh, tune up tomorrow, Bobby and I will be doing the early games, of course, per usual. And again, Chris will not be in this week because the TCK pod did wrap up. I broke all that down on the Ballers and Stallers episode, so tune back if you haven't heard that yet. And also make sure you catch Dweez Nuts breaking down the final Stat Rat episode of the season as well that dropped before this one too. We appreciate you always sticking with us. Lucas, any final words, man? This is the final podcast, um, technically, of like the season. Now, you and I are just going to start all over next week. So <laughs> we're not going anywhere. Uh, but like, do you want to tie a bow on the season? Any final thoughts? Any uh, NFL playoff predictions quickly? Because we will get into that in depth next week. Any final thoughts for the TCK Potters? You've been kind of in and out this season with some things. People have been reaching out, wondering where you're at, making sure you're good. Uh, just checking in with you, man. Any final thoughts for the listeners before we get out of here? You know, I surprisingly had the best year of fantasy I've had ever. I did play in way too many leagues, and today I did leave quite a bit of them. Um, a couple of them, I won- the two, one of them I won, and I was like, thanks, guys, but I'm going to be leaving weird timing. Normally, like, people don't win and leave most of the time, I guess. I don't know. Um, but I did learn that I'm going to keep it condensed, play a lot more of the DraftKings and underdog best balls because um, I like the draft strategy part of it and the non-management part of it post there I learned this year. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. A lot of my processes worked, um, which we'll dive into all that stuff for us, kind of what we learned, all that, et cetera. We'll, we'll do all that like we did last year. Uh, but I definitely think I have a better gauge going forward um, on what research actually matters. Do you really even need to do that much research in season? Uh, what what do you need to look at? How do you approach all, all these things? Um, so it was definitely a weird, good, stressful, long season. Um, but I think we definitely have a lot of momentum rolling forward. Um, now we have two new team members that probably put in more work than me this season, which I think is good. I think from my end, just because then we know that I'm I'm the the caboose, you could say. So now once I get back to full swing here, we'll be good to go. Um, rolling forward, but definitely a interesting season. I'm sure there'll be even more interesting things to say throughout the playoffs, but it was definitely a good season. So we're going to get into it next week here, but what are the chances we get a Tom Brady Baker Mayfield Super Bowl? I mean, I'll be down in Tampa for the Super Bowl. Um, 
and that is the last matchup I want to see. Actually, no. Okay, so the two, I, me and Tyler, because I go down there with Tyler, people are familiar with him on the podcast, and Tyler Moss. Shouts out Tyler Moss. Yep, and the phase he, me and him, put he his fantasy content awards, uh, my implementation, we did all that. So those those will be announced the day we're recording this tomorrow, um, the day you hear this today, I believe, or maybe yesterday. Um, the two matchups I told him I wanted were Chiefs-Packers or Chiefs-Buccaneers. Uh, one, because Packers are the only team that can keep up with the Chiefs on offense. And the Buccaneers, just because it'll be in Tampa, and I know it'll be, it'll be a good time. Um, that would be pretty cool. But yeah, so those are the only two I'm really rooting for, or the Titans, because I have a future on them. Uh, it's like a $5 future, nothing crazy. The Chiefs, I have a, a pretty hefty future, so I'm kind of just pulling for them um, now that the Broncos season is over. Love it, man. Well, we're going to get into all the playoffs next week. We will get into the NFL side of things. We'll, we're going to kick up DFS a little bit as well. We didn't do DFS la- this year. We did it last year uh, with our boy Drew Missick. We, we took it out this year. We just had so many other things going on. We are going to bring in DFS, though, uh, for the playoffs, the NFL playoffs. So we'll be bringing that to you next week. And uh, again, a bigger schedule of what is to come forward. We're going to have a, a team meetings. We're going to have a couple quad podcasts, uh, quad pods, if you will, with me, Lucas, Dwayne, and Bobby to bring you everybody at the same time because uh, we'll be doing you know less podcasts, but we're trying to bring you as much information for that week. And it is still very important. Stay tuned over the summer, over the spring, the winter. Like we don't stop. NFL doesn't stop. A lot of transitions happen. A lot of people move coaching situations. Let us know. So I know everyone kind of wants to put the headphones down for a minute and take a breath. Trust me, we do too. It's been a long season. We've had a lot of fun, but we do a lot of prep um, that goes behind the scenes that nobody knows about. So trust me, we all need a break too. We're going to take that after the Super Bowl uh, for the end of February. We will come back hot and ready in March uh, and be ready to go. So, you know, let the podcast pile up on you if you'd like. So we're on a road trip. You can just bang out a few in a row uh, or stay tuned with us um, a couple times a week moving through. And of course, we'll get back to full swing once the summer hits after the draft. Lucas, always a pleasure, man. Another year in the books. Uh, Stoked that we got some hashtag TCK titles uh, on the team. Shouts out uh, to our um, league winners as well. Big up Josh uh, McDonough, the commission representative in the rookie league uh, for bringing it home. Um, And shouts out to Jake Hare for the runner-up move there in the uh, rookie league. Um, And then uh, we had... um, uh, well, we had Paul who got a third string for the third year in a row, dude. He's been the third year uh, man for the um, third year in a row. So big up to Paul uh, getting the runner up there. And uh, our man Hawk Dolliday, who was in last place last season, turned it around, ends up winning the league this year. So shouts out to Hawk Dolliday and Paul. Big up Jake Hare and Josh as well. We'll have the TCK Pod Listener League 2021 edition coming up and keep in touch with that. It's always been a pleasure. We will catch you next time. It is week 17, the final week of the season. Enjoy yourself. Enjoy the longer weekend. We have one less episode this week, but we're stoked. Hit us up in the DMs, fantasy football underscore TCK pod, and on Twitter at TCK underscore pod. Of course, all the weekly rankings, tckpod.com. We'll catch you next time. Best of luck in your championship. And those of you that have already wrapped them up, congratulations one more time. Happy holidays. Happy New Year, everybody. We'll catch you next time on the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast, episode 337 in the books from my man, Lucas Kaser. I'm your host, Scott Guasco, signing out for the final time in 2020. We'll be with you next time. We are out of here. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.